Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive. I am your host, Laurieann Sheldrick, the Contagiously Positive Girl, and every single week I come here to help you make happiness your permanent default setting. I believe that your level of happiness is going to be one of the most life-altering things you choose to have every single day. And it isn't about choosing to be a perfect little happy robot. It is about choosing a happy life, regardless of what challenges you have to face. So choose happiness today and unleash your inner contagiously positive tomorrow. Let's begin. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I wanted to preface before I share today's interview with my girlfriend, Jolene Watson of Clarity Coaching and Development. I wanted to just come on and just do a quick recording and let you know that Jolene and I recorded this over a month ago, and this was before COVID-19 sent us into... um, social distancing and has closed down schools and has closed down restaurants and businesses. So I needed to really come on here and let you know that Jolene and I decided to release this podcast anyway, um, even though when we recorded it, we didn't understand um, at the time or we didn't have the foresight at the time to know that we were going to be talking about the benefits of working from home for corporations and entrepreneur. And a month later, um, all corporations, most corporations and entrepreneurs would be forced to work from home anyway. Um, So I just, I really, really felt the importance of that. And here's what I, here's what I want this podcast to do. I want this podcast to be something that hopefully we implement and think about after this crisis passes and I promise you it will pass this is the time to to have positive leadership this is the time to plan ahead and this is the time to support one another and help each other grow and be there for one another and come together as a collective and this is the time for us to think differently act differently and behave differently and that includes in our corporate in our corporate world as well so that we can protect not just now but moving forward forward once this passes so that we can protect the mental health, the emotional health, and the physical health of our employees. So we're releasing this now so that it just gets that gets our brains thinking about how we can do business differently after this pandemic passes and it will. So I know a lot of you are feeling a lot of fear and worry and anxiety right now. I'm right there with you. I'm feeling it as well, but I am working really hard to practice um positive leadership and to take this time to learn how to do my business differently once this passes and to learn just how to not just go back to life and business as usual but to get my creative brain going and to think outside the box so that if this ever happens again, we are protected, we are prepared, and we know exactly what we need to do, and our corporations and our businesses are protected as well. So enjoy today's episode, and if anyone needs any support right now, please reach out to me. You can message me anytime. Um, all of my contact information is in the show notes, and I'm here for you for anything that you need. Sending you all love. So... Everybody, I have Jolene Watson of Clarity Coaching and Development back. We are on our, actually, this is our fourth 
podcast together, which is phenomenal. And the last two have been pretty back to back and we're doing this now consistently, which is so wonderful. So the past couple podcasts, we've been talking about creating healthy boundaries. Um, we've been talking about um, really taking charge of your calendar and just time management in a more productive way than we've typically been taught time management. And then we've also, we've talked about knowing your type and why that's so important and entrepreneurial stress and stress in the workplace. So we've really been hitting all topics. So Jolene and I today, we're talking about the upsides and downsides of working from home from a corporate level, from a corporate perspective, and from an entrepreneurial perspective, if you're a entrepreneur who works from home. So we're gonna be tackling both of those perspectives today. We're also talking about being an introvert and an extrovert as well. And Jolene's gonna talk about chronotypes with us, and we'll probably hit on a few more tips for healthy boundaries and some time management stuff as well. So thank you so much, Jolene, and welcome. Thank you. So. Oh my God, we have so much to tackle again, which we always do. So I so appreciate you coming here and having these conversations. So let's just dive in and begin. Do you have a place where you're like, this is really fresh in my mind right now and this is where I want to begin the conversation? I think let's start with the corporate side because I do, I feel there's a lot of pushback in the corporate world to allow employees to work from home versus being in the office from the typical eight to five, mm -hmm. even one day a week. And I think leaders sometimes need to open up their thought processes, their minds, especially with our new generations in what does flexibility look like and how does it actually affect productivity? Because studies show that people are actually more productive when you give them a more flexible schedule that fits their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And something that Jolene and I did is we did a little bit of research to find out like what are the stats and what are corporations that are doing this and who's actually, what corporations are looking at this to make their employees not just be more productive, but happier and healthier. And without a doubt, like there's just certain countries who just know how to do it and do it right. And we know that Europe is one of those countries. Um, Japan is really taking the lead on this. But the most amazing stat that I found was New Zealand, when they trialed this in New Zealand, some companies in New Zealand, there was a 78% increase in not just the well-being of the employees, but the productivity. So like, that is, that's an undeniable stat. Like that's a massive increase in productivity. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think? Let's go to why corporations are so, are taking such a sweet turtle time on really understanding this concept and really implementing this concept into their industries. Obviously, what we were talking about before we started recording was that not every industry can do this, but there are multiple, so many industries that can actually do this. And, you know, 1.7 Canadians are working from home today, and that's not including um, entrepreneurs or stay-at-home, work-at-home um, men and women. That's just 1.7 million of people who work in a corporations who are doing the telecommuting thing. So 
But that's not a lot when you think that of all of the people who are in the world and all of the companies that exist out there. What's the slow pokeness of that? <laughs> like, honestly, because like the stats speak for themselves. Absolutely. And, and I think it's the typical, you work eight to five, that's the way it's always been done. And even some companies push back, even at changing those hours, even though the same amount of hours are in the day, you know, starting mm -hmm. at nine instead of eight. But if we accommodate our employees, we will notice a huge change in productivity. It's really that simple. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, an increase in productivity, the employees will work harder, they'll be ha happier and healthier because they have, you know, something that we talked about um, at the last podcast was, how are we supposed to have work-life balance? That's such, that's such a, a fairy tale in the nine to five, five day a week current reality of corporations because, well, let's think about that, right? You, so... On average, not even in counting for overtime, you work eight hours a day. If you factor that in, that's 1,920 1, hours a year. Like, I'm pretty sure that math is right. That's 1,900 hours a year, not accounting for commuting, not accounting for having to put your lunches together, not accounting for um, overtime and additional projects and any work that you have to do at home because you're trying to get this work-life balance out. So like, I don't even think I need to say this, that bringing that work week down to four days a week would eliminate a lot of that and would give us more work-life balance, which is so unattainable right now with the expectations on, you know, working that nine to five, five days a week. Yes. And if you Google four-day work week, the studies they've done show that they're actually paying the employees the same wage and they're only working eight hours a day. They're not working 10 hours a day. So they're actually losing eight hours with more productivity, which shows that if people get three-day weekends, for example, the amount of family time and balance that can be achieved within that yeah. is astronomical. And in my past, I'm very persuasive. I've always been very persuasive, even in my 20s. And I've convinced every boss I've ever had that I don't work Fridays, mm. except this boss. I'm my, I'm my own boss now, and I sometimes do yeah. work Fridays. <laughs> yeah, but when yeah, I was absolutely. an employee and not an entrepreneur, I worked 10-hour days, so I still had the 40 hours but my productivity went through the roof when I knew that I could have that extra day in the weekend and I would stay late if I had to. I would do anything in my power to have those three days as opposed to two. And the fact that they've proven that even shaving eight hours off the productivity is still up, it's something that needs to be revisited or visited. Mm -hmm. Well, here's something that we talked about, which is even though you're at your job eight hours a day, you're most likely, especially if your mind is heavily burdened with work, with family and friends and not having the time for that, or your health and being able to work out and cook a healthy dinner, your mind is so heavily burdened, you're most likely not working, putting eight hours of productive work in at your company. Yeah. But if you've had those three days, imagine how productive your employees would be if they if their mind wasn't heavily burdened by the things that are currently heavily burdened by because we don't have time to do our stuff the expectations yeah. on us as just a regular human without family friends kids spouses 
dogs, chores, housework, like the list is endless. So, I mean, if we didn't have any of that stuff, then sure, we could work seven days a week, but that's unrealistic. We have those things. That's what makes us, that's what makes us survive and thrive as human beings. We do have all of those things. So yeah, I can just imagine. I know just one of the examples that I have is I, I have a girlfriend who, and this, she didn't go down to a four hour work week, but it did have a significant impact. And she did start to become firmer about be, letting her, letting her boss know I'm working from home and I'm going to get more done period. Yeah. But she was commuting and it took her every single day to get, to get to her job 90 minutes minimum. And that was without, if there was no traffic jam or bad weather. So on average, 90 minutes a day, one way. So you're three hours a day on the road. And it had such an impact on her mental health and her emotional well-being because she missed everything. She missed picking up her son. She missed so much. Couldn't work out anymore. Had no time. Like she was getting home at seven o'clock at night and had to be back in bed by nine to do it all over again tomorrow. Plus her son has homework and they have stuff. Like it was just insanity. And now try to fit everything into a Saturday and Sunday, right? So she knew something had to give. So she left that job and got a job closer to home. And the, now the commute is 25 minutes. Transformed her life. And that, she's more productive at work. She's has more time for her friends. She's back at the gym. She's happier again. Like all of a sudden, depression's gone. Well, she wasn't, she didn't have clinical depression. She had situational depression, right? Which, yeah. which happens when you're in a situation you feel trapped in and when you are not taking care of the other needs in your life. So imagine if you took that. So what's that? So now she's 40 minutes a day instead of three hours. Now imagine if you take that and take eight hours a week, right? In one whole day yeah. off. That, and that's just her commute that she got rid of right? So if you add that extra day when they could work from home, if they want to get the things that need to be done, done, but everything else will wait till Monday, productivity levels will skyrocket. And I bet you she'll probably work even more from home than at the office, just knowing that she has the freedom to do so. Yeah. And we were talking about leadership, you and I, right before we pressed record. And I have an example. I work with a lot of companies, but government in, of Saskatchewan, I talked to an executive director about working from home. And he mentioned that when he works from home, at times he gets two times as much work done. And mm-hmm. the reason as a leader, and if you are a leader, you'll be able to relate to this, is you're often putting out fires or people need your opinions or they come and interrupt. And that's okay, that's part of leadership, of course, but it takes 15 to 25 minutes to refocus when you are interrupted, when you are focused on a very important task. So imagine that many interruptions, you're actually not focusing and you're not getting a lot of work done. So even one or two days a week, not the entire week, it also really helps others take on that leadership role and solve problems for themselves if the leader isn't always there to put out the fires. Absolutely. It's so true. And that is so essential. I know for myself, when I was in the corporate world and I was in project management, I got the most work done when I was away from the office, because even with that closed door and you even, you could put a sign up, unless you're on fire, don't walk in this door. People don't listen to that because they think everything is on fire. So, right. Like, well, what does the emergency mean to me? It might mean nothing to me. I might think it's the easiest problem, but in the moment for them, it's not, I'm on fire. 
So yeah, that's so important for leaders to understand and also to lead by example because you're showing other people the importance of productivity, not busy work. And there's a big difference in that from looking busy and feeling like you did a lot that day versus having a really productive day where you feel like when you go to bed at night that you killed it. So I know for my husband, Jason, I'm always having to remind him of that because he's always like, oh, look, I never can get anything done. And it's like, shut your phone off because (laughs) people are calling you and you are never not available. There's never a time when you're not available. So they, their brain can't develop their, their solution. They can't develop a solution-based mindset. They're not thinking for themselves. They're not thinking of ways that they could put out the fire. You're their constant safety net. It's like, it's like you're their dad saying, don't worry, I've got it. Like I, I'll, I'll do it for you, right? And so often that happens. And then what happens is they don't take the responsibility that's actually theirs and they never grow and learn and they never become a leader. So leaders want other leaders, not a bunch of followers. So this whole concept is so important. Now you are creating a culture of leaders instead of what do you want me to do next? And I couldn't do that because nobody told me what to do. (laughs) Nobody gave me my to-do list for the day. Having your leader away from the office working on his or her top, right? The top things they need to get done that day makes them more available to actually put out the fires later so that then their work doesn't become on fire. And I see that a lot with leaders is they help everybody else all the time, losing all of their time and focus, like you said, not able to get it back. And then at the end of the day, they're stressed out and burnt out, but they still have eight more hours of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Chronotypes. And this goes for entrepreneurs who work from home or if you're working in an office to respect someone's circadian rhythm or chronotype, it's basically, and this does change with age, but it's how you're wired in terms of when you're full of energy, when you're drained, when you regain energy closer to the evening. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Pink, his book called When, okay. brilliant resource for time management and chronotypes. He's an expert. And he talks about not just early birds and night owls, because we've all heard that term, yeah. but there's another centralized group called third birds and 65 percent of adults are actually third birds which is the middle ground and what that means is the majority of adults peak between 9 and 11 a.m that's when they're at their best and then they they dive they cave between 1 and 3 p.m it's when most people are at their worst and then they come back to life at about 5 p.m now this is the majority of adults early birds they peak at about 5 a.m like they are on and they're so productive in the morning and then you have your night owls whereas like 9 or 10 p.m they come to life and they're better at problem solving and there's a lot of science around this but if you allow someone to work from home and they don't wake up till 10 a.m but they work straight to 9 p.m and get the work done you might get better results because they can actually choose when they do certain tasks throughout the day which can really impact productivity if you have that choice Absolutely. Oh, that's so amazing because we really do typically put people in one of one of two boxes, not understanding that there is a middle box there. <laughs> and you know, if you have a holiday coming up, this is a perfect example for anyone that they can relate to. 
you can get two days worth of work done in four hours knowing that you have time off, knowing that there's a reward. Mm. And I think, again, that eight to five, Monday to Friday, it just gets to be this monotonous, right? There's no, there's no escape. There's no freedom to that. So mm -hmm. just allowing even slight flexibility, the one day from working from home, maybe not all four or five, just to allow that to understand when people are most productive and give them a chance, do some research, do Absolutely. statistics on it, track your productivity and see if it works, right? Yeah, do a six month trial. Corporations are afraid of not just the productivity loss, but the financial loss of it, right? Yeah. So absolutely. But the only way to know that is really number one, to talk to your employees and see how, how little work-life balance they have and how it's affecting their workload. I think once you open up the door to that conversation, a lot of people would say, yeah, I'd give you, I'd give you eight extra hours if I had three days off, you know, or had the flexibility to work from home so that I wouldn't have to rush. Yeah. Because if you need to be at work by whatever, nine, most people it's earlier, but nine, and you have an hour commute, like all of that adds stress. You're not starting work at nine. You're most likely getting up at six. You're trying to get out the door. You're trying to get things together. And yeah, you're not, you're not following, you're not following your circadian rhythm at all. You're totally working against it. So we talked as well about the benefits to a corporation, not just to the individual, because in order for this to, in order for the corporations to break the habit and the cycle, which I think it's just because we just get used to the way things are and are afraid of change, period. Like, doesn't matter how much research is done, it's just they're afraid of change, they don't wanna lose money, right? That's the bottom line. So, but there is, we did find the research that was showing the corporate benefits, which actually was cost savings, correct? Yep. I mean, obviously your insurance goes down, your parking costs go down, the commute, the mental health, right? I mean, you're improving mental health by allowing them more flexibility and time. So, less sick days. Absolutely. Uh, your running costs of the building are lower. Yep. Absolutely. If you have a smaller space, if half mm -hmm. your staff were to work from home, if they don't physically need to be in the building, is it necessary? Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, every time I do a corporate workshop, the managers always say the same thing. They need to be here because it creates team cohesiveness. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm here to facilitate a workshop on a toxic work environment. So like something's not working, right? Like you, you literally just hired me to facilitate on how to enhance the positivity in the workplace because you have a toxic environment. Well, let's talk about the benefits of having happier and healthier employees, your toxicity in the workplace is going to significantly decrease, right? But mind you, I shouldn't say that because then I'm, I'm, I'm out of a job. <laughs> I don't want to get out of a job. I'll just have to facilitate a different workshop. But I would love to be out of a job. I would love to not have to go into a workplace and talk about toxicity in the workplace. And people are pissed off and angry and frustrated and stressed out and burnt out and they have chronic stress levels and they're like one hairline trigger away, one straw away from losing their shit. They're spending eight hours a day, 40 days a week with those people. Who do you think they're going to lose it on? Right? <laughs> they're going to lose it on their employees. It's, and that's what creates the toxicity in the workplace. There's no reprieve. So, what you know it's like 
you're like that at home as well, right? With your, with your partner, it's like, who gets the brunt of it? The person who happens to be there and where, where are you going to have that final straw? Most likely at work because you're so exhausted. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it's not that you hate your employees. It's not that you hate your team or your boss. Like you come home from, from vacation. Oh, I love you. I missed you. It's so good to see you. I can't wait to work on our next project together. And then two months later, even a week later, sometimes it's like you forgot all about your vacation and the heavy burden is back. Yeah. And another point, and you and I are both extroverts and we're going to yes. talk about what it's like to be an entrepreneur extrovert working from home. Cause that's a whole different ball game. Absolutely. 65% of Canadians are introverts. Now keeping wow. that in mind, introverts do better when they're alone. They gain energy when they're alone and you know, nothing against open office environments. I get that it works sometimes, mm -hmm. but if you place an introvert in an open environment where other people can hear their phone calls, where they never have privacy, there's no rooms that they can go into to make mm -hmm. a phone call. It's creating chaos. The productivity is going to go down. Introverts mm -hmm. truly work better on their own when they have space and quiet time. So to be able to provide that even one day a week, I guarantee the productivity is going to go through the roof of what they get done when they're alone. Oh, and not just the productivity, but their happiness level, their well-being. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we forget about that. Can you just, I know we, we talk about this in every podcast, but for anyone who's just tuning in today, could you please just describe introvert versus extrovert is not outgoing versus shy? Nope. Could you so, just do a quick brief for everyone if they're just tuning in? Absolutely. So I'm a Myers-Briggs practitioner. So this is my area of expertise. It's based on Jungian psychology. It's about 80 years old, all the research. And the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is how we gain our energy and how we lose our energy. Introverts are very reflective. They like to internally process information, usually for 24 hours before they come up with amazing feedback. And they usually tend to gain energy when they're alone. So they mm. need to recharge a lot longer than an extrovert would need in order to gain that energy back. Whereas an extrovert, they tend to process information very quickly. They gain energy around other people, especially large groups. Okay. Now, they've also done studies that show about three hours of networking is exhausting for both types. So wow. knowing that also extroverts can have introverted tendencies or behaviors and introverts can have extroverted behaviors. So a lot of people say, but I'm both. By nature, you're one or the other. That's how we're wired. But as we age and mature, we often develop behaviors on both sides and we can easier flex. And I can definitely speak for myself and I think you as well. We're extroverts. Yes. As we get older, we actually become more introverted. Not that we're becoming an introvert, but our behaviors start shifting as we get older for both oh, sides. Absolutely. And do you think this is, I know this isn't a term that Myers-Briggs uses, and I don't know much about it, but I've been hearing it called the ambivert, I believe it's called. Have you heard that? Yes, Where you're it, not one it, or the other, but what you're saying is you are. <laughs> yeah, you're wired one way or the other. Yeah. Often you'll know when you're very young because you'll display it quite predominantly in your 20s. Mm. But as we get older, some people get really confused because they're like, but I think of becoming an introvert. No, extroverts mm. under extreme stress actually become introverted. We flip our type and vice yep. versa. But as we get mature, we start to become so mid-zone and flexible 
that that's where the term ambivert comes about. But it's not that you've changed. It's that you've developed new behaviors and neuron pathways in your brain. Yep. So you're easier, you're easier to flex between the two. Oh, I love that. So giving them the opportunity to work within their type will, and I know um, last time we spoke and last week's podcast, we were talking about Isabella Briggs Myers. Um, and so I did a little research on her because you recommended um, her as a resource for people to just follow up and learn more about it. And what she was talking about has, is when we have the knowledge of our type, there's less friction and it eases strain. So obviously, if we're working within the boundaries of our type, then that will most likely have a benefit for the corporation as well, not just for our well-being. But our well-being does have an effect on the corporation. So that is so important. So if you're talking about it from an introverted extrovert then uh, perspective from a corporation level, then someone who's an introvert would most likely need more time and space. Yes. And extroverts, get them business cards, send them out to networking mm. events, let them go represent your company because they often go stir crazy if they don't have that interaction, especially with new people. Mm -hmm. So this is your opportunity to create an amazing sales team, not just your sales person. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you could get everyone business cards, but honestly, the extroverts are going to ask for them. right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably a really, I, I think on the extrovert side, them having more time, um, having that four day work, week work on the introvert level, obviously they're going to be more productive at home because they need that time just based on their energy type. But on the extrovert level, they'll have more time to do those social interactions instead of be sitting with a bum in the chair, just like buzzing because they want to move. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because they need the interaction. So I want to share a little story about this because it triggered me when you were speaking. At the time, I didn't know anything about introvert versus extrovert. didn't make sense to me. So um, I became really real when I was pre-contagiously positive days, when I was uh, working in project management, we had expanded in the company so large that we had to have um, the back area of the building turned into shared office space, which, so it started out just being my coworker who turned out to be one of my best friends. Her name was Lori as well. And we were called L squared. Just, we were so, Lori was extrovert on steroids. And then you have me and we were loud and boisterous and we would have fun. Like people would come to our office and we were very productive while that was happening, but we worked really well together. Having the noise and the interaction while we were working was good. People would come to our office to get an energy boost or to laugh because we just were those, that boisterous type. So we have formed this really great connection together because we were the same type. Then someone else came into the mix and got hired. And I believe she was on the accounting side and after a week almost quit and actually went to the manager to say, I need to get out of that office space. <laughs> so we were at first we were insulted, but this woman was so wonderful and said, here's why, like, here's how I work, but not putting it in introvert extrovert terms. But now knowing what I know, it was because we totally clashed with her. 
just listening to us was energy draining for her. She couldn't be productive. She couldn't do it. We would try to get her involved. She didn't want to be involved. She did sometimes, but only in her choosing, right? Yeah. yeah. So that makes total sense. So she shifted to a new office and then the three of us became best buds, <laughs> right? Because That's she got to have example. that space away from us. Yeah. Yeah. And let's we, take a moment and just because we're both entrepreneurs, we're both speakers, we're both coaches, we're so similar. We're almost identical in personality type, not just in the extrovert. We're both intuitive, the feeling, which is the empathetic and compassion, right? So yeah. what it's like for us as extroverts, as entrepreneurs working from home, it's a little stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Not that we're Absolutely. not productive, we get a lot of work done, but it's sometimes when we're alone all day for days which could be an introvert's dream, it can be yeah. rather stressful for our type. Yeah, absolutely. I found that um, in the podcast that we did, I think it was number 78, we talked about entrepreneurial stress and entrepreneurial depression. And I had entrepreneurial situational depression, which just meaning, which just means I was spending way too much time alone. Um, I was in a little box and I'm, I need people. I need, I need a posse. I need a tribe. I need a team. And if I can't have that in my work, I need to go out and find that in my life throughout the day, not wait for the weekend, but I need to find it on like a Tuesday afternoon. Or, you know, if I spend all day on a Monday, just being an introvert, if you will, Tuesday, I'm gone. Like I'm out. I have to make sure that I schedule a coffee date or have something in there. Otherwise I do get very drained and my productivity decreases. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I teach networking etiquette. That's my number one topic, but I spend probably 60% of what I do going to networking events, shaking hands, reconnecting with clients. And if, if I were to take that out, mm-hmm. I definitely would not enjoy the working from home aspect. I can do it for a day or two, but again, just like you, I need to get out and see that client in person. I'm a huge yeah. believer that if you're going to meet with someone, do it in person if you can. Right? Yeah. You can read body language. You're there. You're present. But if I have a project to do, even though I'm an extrovert, I sit at home by myself with my cell phone on silent. Because if I was at a coffee shop, because I'm so engaged with other people, I would listen to their conversations, even if I tried not to, because I'm like, oh, what are they? It's like squirrel, right? Absolutely. I think working from home, regardless of your personality type, can be extremely productive. It's just how many hours in a row can you do that and make sure you flex your day up as needed. Oh, absolutely. So it's really just paying attention to, well, a few things. Corporations need to understand that there's a health impact and a mental impact on their employees, but also a financial benefits all the way around as well. Um, And then individuals really helps them create healthy boundaries, but also work in the environment that they want to work in, which a lot of people become entrepreneurs just so that they don't have to have that commute and they can have more flexibility, but then they don't give themselves the flexibility. So yeah, so it's really on both sides, the entrepreneur setting that boundary with themselves and having that four day work week and finding what makes them more productive and when. So Daniel Pink, when I think will be a good resource. But then on the corporate side, it has to start from the top, right? Or so you you said at the beginning, you were very firm about the fact that you just work, I'm not working Fridays. 
Yep. And did you ever get pushback from your company or were they like, okay, well, she's confident in this. Let's do it because we want her on our team. <laughs> no, I'm not saying everyone should just go approach their boss and ask for Fridays off. I waited at least yeah. a year in both companies I worked for, but I had to show my worth and I had to show that I was a return on investment for that company mm -hmm. and that I was really an expert in my field before I had the confidence to ask for that. Yeah. But the first time I was young, I was in my twenties. It was at the cat hospital of Saskatoon and I happened to have the most phenomenal boss in the world. And I was scared to ask because it's not something that was ever really done in our industry. And when I finally got the courage to ask, she looked at me, kind of put her head sideways as if to be like, what? And she goes, yeah, I don't care. Do whatever you want. She goes, you're my top employee. I just want you to be happy. And she goes, just hire another tech. But if you could do 10 hour days, that would be great. Just so I don't have to cover off the other shift. And I was more than happy to do that. But the fact that she didn't even hesitate, she just said, yeah, do whatever you want. Mm. Like, I need you. If that makes you happier, let's make that work. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to have a boss that truly understood me. And I've been very fortunate. I'm an entrepreneur now, but I've had some pretty amazing bosses in my time. Yeah. And it really does start with that ROI, right? Like there's a massive return on investment for me personally and for you professionally. I am going to help you. So as the employee, it's like me being more productive helps your bottom line which yep. is to have a thriving, growing, financially successful company. On the reverse of that, if the employees are not getting that, your turnover rate is probably higher, your sick leave is probably higher. So everything is probably higher on the financial level, your running costs are higher. But then on the productivity side, your employees, because of the, their heavily burdened mind and the stress, and we talk about that often, the chronic stress that they're under, productivity is lower. They're probably making more mistakes. They're probably not putting the extra time in on the project, so they might be missing deadlines. So really, there is, there's a financial cost and a financial gain for both of those things. So it doesn't matter how you look at it. The, I only see the benefits of it. So, yeah. but I guess the downside would be ensuring that if you have, if your corporation goes to a four day work week, your team is still productive. Yeah. And that's where so, you have to measure the results, you know, mm -hmm. offer it, measure the results. And if you're not seeing them, then you might switch it back to the way it was. But if your position doesn't physically demand you to be in that building, mm -hmm. I don't think you're doing someone a service by forcing that. No, absolutely. And it's also a very, having those clear, this is where your policies and procedures come into place and benefit the company and protect the company, right? Is, so you have the human resources on one side that pr protects the employee and ensures that their health and wellness are, are being met and being taken care of. But you also have the other side, there's the health and wellness of the corporation that needs to be protected. That's in your policies and procedures. We're doing this for you, for your well-being. We have a zero, we have zero tolerance policy. Don't take advantage of it. Yeah. Right? And like you have to trust. It just, I think it was, about, well, in the last decade, it was my first job ever. And it was a different province. So I had to work from home. And I didn't know how it was going to go. But I remember just the pure joy of knowing that I could wake up 
and be ready in five minutes mm -hmm. and start work. I'm not a morning right. person. And so it was, it was just so refreshing. And they followed my product. We had check-in meetings. They, you know, how many phone calls they tracked all these things, but I still have this immense feeling of freedom. And I truly believe that's what prepped me for entrepreneurship yeah. is to truly take care of your own schedule and get stuff done because it's, it has to be done, but the time you do it is really irrelevant as long as the work gets done. I would agree with that as well. And I think that's where the new leadership and the new way and the new, whatever, corporate policies and procedures come in is just understanding that what worked yesterday no longer works today. It's yeah. not working. We have a society of burnt out, stressed out humans. And yes. right. And depression is higher, higher than it ever has been um, in any time of our lives. And what's shocking to me about that is we live in the best time of our lives, right? Yeah. We're not in the middle of a world war. We're, we're not in the middle of a massive recession or a depression. We have knowledge at our fingertips. Like I just, I ordered I ordered dinner today online and my HelloFresh delivery got delivered to my door and I didn't even have to get out of my pajamas today if I didn't want to. And I could still get food and get everything that I needed and knowledge and research and interaction with you. We're interacting right now. So why then is depression and suicide the highest it's ever been at literally what could be called, even though yes, there's horrible things happening in the world, but if you're in North America, you probably have it pretty good. And what could be considered the best time to be alive? Yeah. Right? We've got to look at that. You know, we're, we're, we're rats on a wheel. And we have these expectations to be little robots when we're at work. Yeah. Right? When you're at work, you have to be professional and forget about thinking about your personal life. Well, I'm sorry if I'm at work for eight hours a day, 1,920 hours a year, my personal life is going to once in a while spill over to my work life and vice versa. So yeah. being able to have that support and create a corporation and an environment and a team that everyone can, everyone can win, and everyone benefits from is uh, in my mind, the way that it needs to go. I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a new culture. We are a new culture. You can see it, right? We're a new culture of, of human beings because we can no longer do what we're doing because it's not working. Yeah. It's just not working. So um, I think then what I, where I want to take this is what's the real value then of working from home for everybody that they can just take to their boss or to themselves to say, this is why the return on the investment is like, you just won't lose. This is a hundred percent win here. Yes. That's the biggest value here of this new culture at work and even as entrepreneurs as well, which I want to go there as well. Well, I think, and this is funny, I was going to bring this up earlier. If you have pets, a really great example mm. is, yeah, they're distracting, but they're amazing. But they've, been, they've proven study after study that pets lower your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. that the guilt of leaving your pet alone 10 hours a day if you're commuting is immense. 
So even a couple days at home where you can actually be there with your pet, your blood mm. pressure is lower, you are more productive, you're happier if you have pets, right? But I think bringing in personality type, bringing in how I gain my energy, proving to your supervisor, your manager, your leader that you mm -hmm. can be more productive, do a trial, right? It doesn't have yeah. to be permanent, but if you can prove your productivity, it's worth a shot. Yes. And not everyone will want it. I know some people who have said to me, you know what? I don't want to ever work from home. I enjoy getting out of the house. The last thing I want to do is work from home. My wife's at home. My husband's at home. The kids are home. The dog's home. It's like going to work is my reprieve. So yes. there are going to be that small percentage who won't take it, you yep. know? So they really won't. So this won't be for everyone, but there are a large majority, I think a really high percentage of people who need it and will have um, just massive, not just productivity levels, but just their health and wellness will improve as well. Like I know for me, I've always kind of been in a, in a pretty creative role where I had to like think of creating things or writing proposals. And now it's blogs and podcasts, but there was always that. And I used to I, for as long as I can remember, when I wake up in the morning, my mind has all, most of my tabs are closed because I've been sleeping. I instantly am creative and can just write. Like I can sit there with my coffee and write an entire blog or sit there with my coffee and talk about, like write the things I want to talk about in the podcast or responding to clients. I'm just very, very just mentally alert at that time communication wise. If you had to then... If I would wake up and had to get ready for work, rush out the door, make my lunch, do the hour commute, and then sit down and try to remember all that, it would be gone. Yeah. I've missed that timeline, right? My brain is no longer in that mode. My brain is now in a different mode or what you were talking about, a different circadian rhythm. Yeah. And so I'm not a morning person. So if I started work at 7 a.m., you're actually not... It's you're paying me for really unproductive time because I'm not even awake yet until about 9, 30, 10. Yeah. So again, we think people are being productive if you force them into a chair for eight hours, but really pay attention to when people come to life and when mm. they should be doing certain tasks and maybe even flexing those shifts throughout the day. You know, do you want to start later? Do you want to work later? What works best for you? Absolutely. All I can think about when you talk about this is the importance of knowing your type. Like I can't even, yes. I can't stress this enough. Every time I talk, I feel like I'm your spokesperson, but that's <laughs> not the intention when we talk everyone, I swear. But it is so true because I know how much it's transformed my life and helped me be more productive and understanding that for me, I need a four day work week. So I have to have that. It's just a part of my type. I just, I cannot sit at my desk four days a week. And my job is very much um, a lot of desk work, a lot of computer work. So though that four days and then knowing that I can jam it all in in four days and then having those three days to just do everything else. I do. I'm so productive from Monday to Thursday also that I can shut the tabs down in my brain on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and just do whatever the heck I want to do. <laughs> and so something I wanted to ask you, because you are way better at this than I am, is one of my faults in working from home and being an entrepreneur, especially, I, was, I could easily shut down work if I had a job, right? Yeah. I can go back to it the next day. Someone else can work if I call in sick. 
But in entrepreneurship, you can't call in sick. You don't get holiday days. But sometimes I catch myself. And I, again, I like working at night. So there's that. But having that office in your house mm. is, it's enticing, right? Well, I could just, I could just yeah. work. I could just send out that email. So what are some tips you would give? Because mm. I know you're really good with those clear boundaries. What do you do and what advice could you give to other entrepreneurs? Yeah, I have a, I just, I give myself a shutdown time. Now it did take practice, especially at the beginning when I was just building up, it was, it was harder, but now because I'm like you, I could work till midnight. My, my brain doesn't shut down, but I started to give myself a shut off time. That was number one. So I know that, you know what, at like 4.45, I start to shut down things. I try not to schedule any client calls and I make a list. So at 4.45 to 5 p.m., I make my list for the next day. And then I clean up my deck so everything's cleaned up, everything's away. I shut the light off and I go and I go, I, I just go and do something else. That's my time now. I'm now switching gears and I tell myself it's now time to make dinner and it's now time to not nourish your business or to nourish your clients, but to nourish your body and make a healthy dinner. So it's either that or I'm going to a networking event. Yeah. So it just becomes my downtime. That's the biggest tip is to just, when you set the healthy boundary for yourself, you need to get into the habit of not breaking the promise. And that is it. You have to create the new habit. It's not going to happen overnight. Sometimes it just feels painful to step away until I go and do that next thing, which is really important. But something that I also do because I do have the squirrel brain and as an entrepreneur, there's always something new coming up that you want to remember or you want to talk about in your speech or in a blog or on social media or with a client. I carry my either a notebook or the notes app on my phone everywhere that I go so that I can, I don't want to leave any tabs open in my brain because yeah. open tabs, heavily burdened mind, monkey brain, right? Like monkey brain. So I always have the notes open and I have notes for myself. And sometimes they're just simple. Like today, I knew we were going to be talking about um, just time today, not just time management, but but our conversation today and the benefits of four day work week. And I kept thinking about time management. And then I thought about while I was driving time is such a time is not a renewable resource. It's so important that we ensure that we're putting our time and energy into things that matter because time is not a renewable resource. And I kept thinking about the four day week work and how, man, if time is not renewable, then imagine how much we could do with those, with that extra time. And I was like, I got to remember that. 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 And I'm like, oh my God, but I was driving. So I pushed the record on my phone and that's all I said into it was time is not renewable. So I ensure that even when I'm not at work, I have these means to leave myself these notes so that I can set that healthy boundary with myself, especially after 5 p.m. If I have a deadline, that's a whole different story. But if I have a deadline, I'm still done by 9 p.m. because I need the time. But mine is 4.45. Make a list of all the things you need to do the next day. Clean up your desk so that you're fresh when you come back in the morning. Just shut down and just go do something else for you that has nothing to do with anyone else. It's the only way I can recharge. Nice. So I've noticed that as well. Being an extrovert, 
when you go, 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 and you are really on, it is, um, my nervous system is really high. I can, I can, it's almost like I can feel my nervous system, like everything buzzes. So I can imagine like what that's doing to my internal organs and to my heart and my, like everything, right? So my blood pressure. So it's important for me to set that healthy boundary. Just reminding myself, this is to nourish your body and your mind. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the notes app and having a notebook really helps, even what when I'm doing called? yoga. So I just have a notes app on my phone. Is and, it? Is it? Because mine's called Keep Notes, but what is yours called? Uh, mine's just called Notes. Okay. And you and have I an also, app? And I, have, and I also have the Reminders app. So the Reminders app is so I can schedule, so I can put little alarms. So it'll tell me. It's going to remind me. So let's see what I have tomorrow. Let's do it right now while we're talking. So tomorrow I have a reminder on my phone. It's scheduled at 7 a.m. It's reminding me of something that I want to put into the blog. So I don't, when I'm done with you in this podcast, I'm not working on that. I have the healthy boundary with myself. I don't need to do it then. It's in my reminders app. I don't need to keep the tab open or worry about remembering. It's just there. The alarm will go off at seven. I'll enter it in and we'll be good to go. If it only took two minutes, I would go ahead and do it, but it's probably going to take about 40 minutes. So yes. I've got to set the boundary, right? Because 40 minutes would then be like, oh, well then I'll just do this. Oh, and then I'll just do this. <laughs> so it's really, I've gotten very good at keeping the promises to myself. And by keeping the promises to myself, it's helped me to keep the promises to other people as well, because keeping the promise to myself creates that healthy habit. And it tells your brain, we're promise keepers. Don't promise unless you really mean it. And then when I make a promise to someone else, I just like, all I want to do is get it done. I just want to get it done when it's time. I schedule everything now because it really helps me to create the healthy boundary for myself. That's how we as entrepreneurs stay productive. We can't stay productive as entrepreneurs if we don't have guidelines for ourselves because we don't have a corporation or a team or five bosses telling us, by the way, Loriana Jolene, here are the things you need to do today. <laughs> you need to tell yourself, right? That means you're the CEO. So really flipping your switch is you're the CEO. Put yourself in the driver's seat, not just of your, your entrepreneurial life, your business life, but of your entire life. We do this so we can have like whatever you want to call it, work-life balance, work-life harmony. We do this so we can have work-life harmony, but we can only do that if we set those boundaries ourselves. What's the, what's the ROI for ourselves if we now became entrepreneurs to work a four-day work week and we're working seven days a week? <laughs> it reminds me of a meme that I saw and it said entrepreneurs are the only people that'll work an 80 hour work week to avoid working a 40 hour work week. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we do, we work a lot more hours uh, because it is your company, especially in the first five to 10 years. Yeah. And I think after that, once it settles and you have those supports in place and you have the bookkeeper or whatever you need to hire out or delegate, there can be true fulfillment within entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, it's what we talked about last time, which is 
putting those top three things on your calendar that need to get done. And I wasn't good at that at the beginning. You're the one who told me when you did my personality assessment that that's going to be a weakness of mine. Um, So I had to learn how to work around that weakness. And now I love planning. And I also love saying, I'm sorry, I can't do that now. It's I have to record my podcast, but I can do it at 3 p.m. I love it now. It's almost as though that part of my personality that was a weakness when I did my original personality, I've now formed brand new neural pathways that I can't wait to get my planner out and put all of that into my planner, but I'm strategic about it. I'm really good at saying, you know what? Time is not a renewable resource. Where do you want to put your time today? I like that. That's it, is where do you want to put your time today? If corporations can do that, and we can do that, and everybody can do that, like imagine what can happen and how we can be, instead of as stressed out, burnt out, maxed out, just monkeys running around all the time, right? Like throwing crap at each other. Like that's the visual that I get when I think about how frazzled we always are. We would just have more blissed out, chill humans running around the world today. And imagine how many problems we can solve being blissed out instead of stressed out. I can't solve a problem when I'm stressed. I go into turtle mode and want to crawl into bed and cry. I don't handle stress well. We talked about with boundaries, our last podcast, that sometimes I work 16-hour days. Some days I work 10, and some days I work 5-hour days. But I like to have naps right in the middle of the day and working Absolutely. It invigorates me, even if it's, well, it's supposed to be 15 to 20 minutes. That's when we are fully alert and awake after a nap. Yeah. It's really hard to do that in a workplace. And I think some people really thrive and they need that throughout their day. So being at home does allow you that flexibility as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll get up. You know, I know um, after if I record an hour podcast during in the afternoon, I'll get up and just stretch. I'll make a coffee while my coffee's being made. I'll go make my bed um, or I'll wipe down like the counter. Sometimes I'll throw a load of laundry in and then I come back and do my work, work for another hour. The laundry buzzes. It's a great way to just like uh, go and get it. If I'm in the zone, I don't move because like you said, um, when we're interrupted, what did you say? How many minutes does it take? 25? 25, yeah. according to Time Magazine. Yeah. So when I'm in the middle of something really productive, the laundry stays in there, but it's just like, it's really, really great to say, some people are like, oh, well, if you work at home, you shouldn't do chores and errands. I'm like, oh my God, it's one of the benefits of working from home. I don't have to wait until Saturday to clean my entire house. I can just take a 15 minute little break in the middle of the day and do that or make a phone call or go to a doctor's appointment. Now, I'm not saying everyone should be an entrepreneur. It's not for everyone. It it definitely has a heavy burden to it as well. But what I'm saying is if time is not renewable, what's wrong with going to a four-day week work and being more of a telecommuter, if you will, um, and just working from home and having your home life? It's like having your cake and eating it too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the ROI. And it's not just for entrepreneurs. And I'll tell you, I bet you it's a lot easier for corporations than it is for entrepreneurs. Yeah. 
So we just, just a couple more minutes and then we'll say goodbye. So we just uh, have all of our listeners only listen for an hour. Um, we talked about that, about, well, there's some organizations that can't go to a four-hour work week because they're either retail or it's a hospital or a nursing facility. Like they're a seven day a week organization, right? Corporation. So we talked about then perhaps ensuring that when you're scheduling, you're only scheduling the, the staff for four days and ensuring they have three days off a week. Because I know for nurses, I've done a lot of workshops for nurses, they'll work five days, off one, back at work for three, 12 hour shifts, adding the commute in there. And the one day off is not enough time to rest their nervous system, but also for their health and well-being, right? Yeah. Yeah. So on a corporate level, it's, it's got to change from the top when you are working in a corporation and just looking at that. Yeah. If you were going into a workshop and you were going into a corporation and the owners of the company or the leaders making the decisions were really having a hard time with this concept, what is something you would tell them to really just kind of shake them up, even just to the idea of trying it? Well, I think if they're in the Myers-Briggs, we only got into extrovert, introvert in this podcast, but certain personality types, the thinkers, they are more analytical and logical. And if I knew I was walking into someone of that personality type, I would bring in statistics, research, and proof from multiple countries that it works. Mm. Now, if it was someone more the empathy, compassion side, I would give personal stories of people that I know. I would talk about the mental health of the employees, which you can also do with the other personality type, but talk about how much money they're going to save by people not calling in sick, right? So I think Bringing up other studies, this is something that's not new. This has been going on in the world for a really long time. There are stats out there. There's proof to present the proof first and then say, what can it hurt to have a trial period? Mm. You can always go back to the way that it was because change does upset a lot of people and it's something new. But when the change is going to make everyone happier, it's worth a trial period. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I am at, I wonder how many sick days are actually mental health days. Many. Yeah. I would love to know those stats because um, other than the government, I believe I've not, I don't know too many corporations who actually offer paid mental health days. Um, I know the government has it separate from sick days. Um, so I'm not sure. I bet you there's government stats, but there's probably not other stats for our typical corporations and organizations or retail or nursing or any other industry just because it's not paid, right? So this was really, really cool. I loved this conversation. It's so good. Is there anything else you want to add? So we talked about the boundaries, the chronotypes, the uh, benefits of working from home, the corporate benefits, the running cost, all of that, the toxicity overload. Is there anything else that you wanted to add here? To not just from a leader, because we keep talking about the top down, which is true. Yeah. But we need to take accountability if we are an employee to let our leaders know who we are, what our natural personality type is, to do the deep dive of self understanding to figure out what you need and then relate that to the boss or relay that because often I hear employees say they just don't get me 
right, mm. but you also need to be verbal and you need to bring that up at your performance reviews because they're not mind readers. So mm -hmm. when I do team building, I often put accountability back onto the teams that their leader isn't magic, right? They don't know oh, everything. You absolutely. need to have that communication both ways and ask for it. You know, it, in some cases, I'm sure it's not going to happen overnight, but if it doesn't get brought up, it's not going to happen. And we do have that accountability as individuals because we put too much of our health and wellness and well-being on everyone else, right? And we just follow the pack. We're just like a bunch of sheep following the pack. Instead, we need to be the wolves. We need to be the leader, right? We need to be yeah. the pack leaders. And if our pack leader is leading us off the cliff, we need to say, whoa, 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 right? And it's true, Isabel uh, Briggs Myers, again, it's coming up only because you told me to go look at her and now I have all these quotes of hers in my mind. She says, it is She's up amazing. to each person to recognize his or her true preferences and then make them known to everyone else so that they can follow your platinum rule, which I've been sharing constantly <laughs> since last time, which is this is the only way we can treat people the way they wanna be treated. Yeah. But people yeah. don't know what they don't know. Right. Absolutely. I the platinum I love rule until I got certified in personality profiling. And now yeah. it's such an important rule and it should be taught in kindergarten, not as adults. Oh, all of this should be taught in kindergarten. Sometimes I think the things I teach, I'm like, we should have learned this before we were even walking. <laughs> and you know, it's funny is we are learning all of these habits before we're even walking. We're just learning the negative ones. Yeah. Everything we learn, all of our limiting beliefs, our beliefs, our patterns are from zero to 14. And I'm being generous with 14. It's before 14. We are learning all of this stuff as kids. We're just learning the, we'll use the word wrong, but we're learning the wrong stuff. We're learning the habitual stuff. Never saying this pack leader is freaking running me off the cliff. And that's what's happening, right? Like you see this all the time. Buffalo run, but the buffalo will run away. And there's one buffalo leading the pack and that buffalo goes over the cliff and all the other buffaloes go over the cliff. Right? Yeah. This is what humans are doing. We're saying, well, this is what every corporation does. This is how it's the way it's always been. So we'll keep doing it this way. And your advice and recommendation very lovingly <laughs> is it's time to, it's time to take responsibility and let them know what you need. It's the only way it will change. Yeah. 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 It's just what I keep saying. That's why I created heart centered goals. Put yourself in the driver's seat of your life. Yes. And that's my motto for 2020. And I end every post with it. Put yourself in the driver's seat of your life because that started for me is I'm sick and tired of people telling me what to do when it doesn't work for me and it's causing my nervous system to be in fight, flight, or freeze all the time. And I'm freezing because I'm just like, paranoid that I'm not doing the right thing, you know, and it's just, or I'm paranoid to do something that is a path unknown. It's like, all right, let's forge new paths. Yes. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Thank you so much, Joe. Like this was such another great conversation and yeah, I, we have uh, another good, you know what I love? They're thought provoking. It just makes people think. It's not, here's what you should do. It's just maybe here's a new way of thinking. That's why I love these conversations. And I'll end this podcast with my goal for 2020. Yes, my theme is surround yourself with people that feel like sun 
sunshine and you mm. are my person. So thank you for being in my life. You're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. And you are so very welcome. I love you. And I so appreciate this. And I can't wait until next month when we do it again. <laughs> Have an Bye. amazing day. Thanks. You too. Bye, Joe. Wow. Is pretty much all I can say about that conversation. You know, there's something really powerful when you not only have a conversation with your best friend, but you have a conversation with your best friend who is in the same industry as you and who has the same mindset and desires and passion to serve and to have conversations that are incredibly meaningful and thought-provoking. My biggest, biggest takeaway um, was when Jolene ended by talking about the importance of us taking responsibility for our lives, the importance of us letting people know what we need, the importance of us taking the responsibility and talking to our boss, the importance of us, if you're an entrepreneur, setting those healthy boundaries with yourself. I'm just like... Honestly, it's all about that. It's about putting yourself in the driver's seat of your life. That is my 2020 mission to serve from that place, to say that phrase over and over and over again, like a broken record until 2021, when maybe I'll have a new phrase, I don't know, but until 2021, where you wake up and you're like, whoa, yes, this is what Lorianne's been talking about putting ourselves in the driver's seat of our life, taking responsibility for how we want to feel, for who we want to be, for what we want to do, for what we want to have, for our calendar, for our relationships, for our health, really just saying, I'm in control and I'm no longer going to give my power to anyone else because at the end of the day, no one can take it unless I give it to them. So I'm going to end right there because this was a just a phenomenal hour and I want to end on a high before I start to blubber because I'm just so overwhelmed with the support not only that I get from Jolene but that I get from all of you every single time you send me a comment or a message on how the podcast made you feel and I just I really hope that you take something from this podcast and if anything if you don't take anything from the podcast itself just take this really really important message be happy, be healthy, and be contagiously positive. And remember, time is not a renewable resource. And you can absolutely be, do, and have everything that you desire. And you are good enough, have always been good enough, and will always be good enough. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everyone. And I'll see you next time. Bye.